Come on, we're in this series called Distracted. How I many you know it's possible in these days to get distracted? Can I get an amen? Uh, there are a lot of things pulling for our attention and our mental energy. Uh, I said this, you know, in the first uh, service, you know, we only have so much space to give in our mental energy and just our energy. And so you got all these things just pulling for us, from us. And um, it's easy to get distracted. I actually think if we, if we pulled this room and we said, you know, hey, how many of you made one of those kind of mistakes in the last couple of years? You'd be like, oh, that was me. I left the, this on. I left that on and didn't close the garage door. And, you know, all the things that, because why? Because we're so busy and we're so distracted. And so I kind of want to do this today. This is sort of like a preview or an opening statement kind of sermon, if you will. Uh, I think, you know, like in courtrooms, they come in and they first kind of set up their like their opening statement. They kind of give like their summary of what it's going to look like over the next several days in court. And then, and then after that, you know, they, they go about giving their whole statements and stories and, and things. So this sermon is going to kind of be like the, the opener to the series. And then the next couple of weeks, we'll really break it down a lot more. But these first two weeks, I want to talk to you specifically in this distracted series about hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice above anything else that can be making noise. Like all the distractions in our life are, are there and they're real. But I still believe that we serve a God who speaks to his people. Can I get amen? I believe that God didn't stop speaking with just the disciples. I don't believe he stopped speaking after the Old Testament. I believe we serve a God who still speaks and desires to speak to his people. Amen. But we live in such a, a, a society of distractions. It's the whole we've never been more connected. We've never been more plugged in to, to things and stuff. We've never had more pulling at our time and attention than we have right now. I mean, even the news is so distracting. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, the news, and, and we're trying to get information, we're trying to get wisdom, and we're trying to make decisions, we're trying to sort of navigate our way through all of the distractions in the news, and, and some of it's false, and some of it's exaggerated, and some of it has spin to it, and some of it has agenda to it. You guys are like, all of it does. <laughs> but anyway, I'm being kind. <laughs> But you're trying to just figure things out because you're trying to make a good decision for your life and you're trying to come to some kind of understanding in the news. It's just all over the place and you're so distracted. Another thing that, that has us distracted from hearing God is we're also trying to make predictions. Like, okay, what's it going to be in a month? And how's school going to be? And how's my kid going to react? And what about a mask? And what about not a mask? And what about? And so not only are we trying to navigate the news and make a good decision, but at the same time, we're kind of called to make all these predictions about things. And it's exhausting because we only have so much time and energy and attention to give. And then, then you have things like you've heard, you know, we're making decisions about masks. We're making decisions about school. We're making decisions about the economy. All of these things are distracting. Some of us are getting really tangled up in conspiracy theories, and I'm not here to come against all that kind of stuff. I look at them as well, but I think there's times where it's like, hey, we need to be going to God and what he's saying before we're like, what's this saying? What's that saying? It's interesting to me how much in the morning or in your day or whatever you wake up and the first thing we want to hear from is either social media or is either... Um, Fox News, or the first thing we want to hear from is CNN, or the first thing, Good Morning America. Are you with me? Yeah. So we wake up and we say, I, I want the voice in my life to be all these other things instead of being the voice of God. Yeah. Can I get amen? Yeah. How much better would our days be and our times be if our first thought was, I'm arising today and I want to hear what heaven is saying to me first. Yeah. And so we got to get into this place. And so we all get tangled up in all of these kind of crazy things. And so I'm encouraging you to be, be careful and 
We're distracted because our friendships are paying a toll, aren't they? I was with my brother yesterday, and he was talking about, uh, we were kind of like comparing how many friends we've lost over the last five months on social media. Because it's like, it's impossible to almost have unity, isn't it? This little guy feels the same way too. His social media is blown up. Which, by the way, hey, we, we love that. Listen, let me just tell you this. In church, if you hear little kids making noise in church, that's an amazing Because God says, let the children come to me. It just, yeah. Don't hinder them. No shushing kids in church. Can I get an amen? So I take a moment every time to celebrate it. Why? Because that's a sign of life and healthy things grow. We need life in the church. I, amen. So um, I get it. Sometimes you got stuff under a chair, but that's fine. But we're still celebrating them. So, so don't let yourself be distracted. When you, hear, when you hear a kid in church, you praise God for that. Amen. And so we love that. So uh, I'm saying don't. Don't get, you know, we were talking about our friends list. Like, oh, our friend, we're comparing how many friends we've all lost. Why? Because it's almost impossible to, to be in agreement with all of our friends, right? Like, it's just, and so it's weighing on us. We're so distracted by relationships that are experiencing turbulence and all this kind of stuff. Why? And here's what it's all boiling down to. Here's what I believe is happening in our world. Is if the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. And if, if he's not going to take you out with drugs and alcohol and all this kind of thing, you're not probably going to run out and join the mob. But, but the truth is, uh, I've been watching some shows on narcos. I'm considering joining the mob. Or, I just said the show, didn't I? I need to go home. I'm in trouble. I've been reviewing the filth you guys watch on Netflix. <laughs> and uh, so I might run off and join the mob. You don't know. I feel like they're nicer than church folk. But anyway... <clears throat> Let's get to a scripture before we, not you Facebook live people, you guys are nice. See, you don't even come here and bother me. You just stay home and judge me. <laughs> we better fix this. My mother-in-law's here being like, I can't clean that up. And she's a counselor. She's like, I can't even, he's on his own. <laughs> That's called a plank the pastor walked. <laughs> but all this stuff, the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to distract you because if he can't destroy you with something intense, he'll distract you to keep you from your purpose and your destiny. So I'll get you all caught up in all these other things. You'll never be what God called you to be. You'll never accomplish what he called you to accomplish because you've been fighting over all this crazy. Right with me? And so God is saying, God is saying, like, look, above all of this, come away from the distraction and hear my voice. Why? He's a speaking God. He's a God who gives revelation. Uh, Doug uh, our tech guy, he uh, does a little uh, show on Facebook Live uh, on Tuesdays at 1230. It's called Downloads with Doug. Uh, get it? He's the tech guy, and he does downloads. And so each week he sends and shares a thought on Facebook Live. And so he knew of this series that we were doing, so he, he opened us up with this verse, which is so good. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5, uh, 5 and 6, it says this. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh or the things of the world, you could say, the stuff that's happening around us. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. Notice it says they set it. You have to, you have to put your aim at something. You have to set your mind where it needs to be because if we don't, it's going to be all over the place. So you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. How many want that life and peace? 
when you want to just get to that place where you're saying, oh, this is life and peace. When we set our minds on the spirit, the things of God, the ways of God, not the distractions of our flesh and the earth and all of the things. When we set it on that, what comes into our life? Life and peace. I, I say it like this. Uh, I believe there is nothing more frustrating in life than when you're trying to set your mind on somebody, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, you're trying to connect with somebody, you're trying to get from somebody and grow with somebody, and there is a kid just totally disrupting your conversation. Have you ever had that? We have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Some people call it terrible, too. I call it terrific, too. Sometimes terrorizing, too. But it's loud in our house. And so I'll come home and I'm trying to share. I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, and here come all the kids in there. Mom, mom, dad. And you know what I have to do? I have to set those distractions out in the road. Go play in the street, kids. You get out of here. (laughs) I have to set those distractions. Hey, go to your room. Hey, go play with your, why don't you go to this? Because I'm setting my mind on making a legitimate connection here. Can I get an amen? And I just wonder if God is like going, hey, I want this connection with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be in closeness to you. And we're letting the Netflix kid and the social media kid and all these other kids just. "Ah." And then we pout about it. Well, God never speaks to me. God, I'm not as close to God as other people. And how come they get to hear from God? How come they get to? Are we setting a closeness and an intention of the things of the spirit? Are you with me today? And so that, that spirit is life. The spirit is life and peace. Uh, in our house, we have a noisemaker uh, for the baby when she sleeps. You guys all know about this. And you set it to a noise. And we use white noise. And, um, and so you turn that thing on. And, and then there's, they don't hear anything in the house, right? They don't hear stuff that's going on. And, but the problem is, you know, you wake them up from nap or they get up. And so the kids are all in the room. And the noisemaker's going. And you're trying to change a diaper. And it's just all this... We have white noises, the one we're doing, all this stuff. So it's like, oh, my gosh, hold on a second. got to turn that thing off. So it's, and then you turn it off, and it's, oh, that's nice. Like, I turned it off. Look at that. You know what I feel right now in my life? I feel life in peace because I've turned down the noise, a distraction. Like, I've, I've got that thing out of my atmosphere. So that's what the Scripture is saying. We put our minds and our attention on the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. It turns all that stuff off and off, so you go like, Oh, I can breathe again. I'm, I'm, I'm made for this kind of life that's set on the things of the Spirit. Are you with me? So a lot of people always say, oh, God stopped speaking in the Old Testament. He stopped speaking uh, after the disciples. He stopped speaking. I just don't believe that to be true at all. I believe God's desire and his design is to be a heavenly father who speaks to us clearly. We're going to kind of prove a little bit of it here today. I'm so grateful we don't serve a God who who paints things in the clouds for us to interpret. He didn't carve something on the wall for us to have to discern. No, we serve a God who is a relational God and whose desire is to lead us by way of speaking to us and prompting us. Are you with me today? John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, why would God be talking about his voice and speaking and following if he wasn't a God who still speaks? He still speaks. I love the key thing here is it says they follow me. Well, follow me talks about a closeness. To follow somebody, you have to be in step with them and be near them and be walking with them. Uh, How many of you know the people that you're the most connected to, the people that you know the most about, the people that you hear and share the most with? are the people that you're closest with. Did that make sense? 
the people that you have the best relationship with, the people that you do the most with are the ones that you've allowed closest in your life. So I would challenge you this morning, if you're saying, I don't hear from God and I don't feel God and I don't think God is leading me, I would challenge you this morning, get closer to God. Get more near. Follow him at a closer pace. Make him your, your first instead of maybe in the middle. Are you with me today? So spending time with God is what allows us to hear his voice. God is a speaking God. God created language. I want you to hear this. God knows all. He's all wisdom. He's all. So this plan of, he didn't accidentally create language. He created language because he had a plan for the ability to be able to communicate with his people. He has language. He created language. He conveyed with words. We've seen it in scripture. He gives verbal form to his words, which is our Bible. So not only do I believe God does audibly speak and also speak in prompting, he also spoke in his word. You want to know someone's will, you read their words. So if I said, hey, this is my will for you at the end of my life, this is my will. These are my words to you. That's what God did for us. Hey, do you, do you want to know my will? Here it is for you. Here's my words. And so we hear God's language. We hear God speaking to us by his word. So many people all the time, I want a fresh word from God. I want a rhema word. I want a fresh word. And you haven't cracked your Bible in days. Oh, I just wish God would speak to me. Bust out the Bible and let God speak to you. Are you with me? Because God is a speaking God. We see in Genesis, the design from the beginning is that God was a speaker to his people. In Genesis, he spoke and the world was. He used his words to frame the world. But then when, when it was formed in Genesis, the scripture says that his voice, his speaking was in the garden with Adam and Eve. Why? Because it's a picture of God's design that he's a God who wants to speak to his people. We saw Elijah, he's on a mountain, and the scripture said that God wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the wind. The scripture said he was in the whisper to Elijah. He whispered his what? His voice, his words. He spoke. Why? Because God is a speaking God. We saw with John the Baptist that he came as a voice of one in the wilderness, speaking, proclaiming on God's behalf. How, how often in scripture do we hear, thus says the Lord? It's not, hey, thus made this plan and sent this. He's a speaking God, and he spoke. Uh, John the Baptist, again, is one that we mentioned. Think about this. The, the scripture says that we, were going to be, we are going to be empowered by a helper, a, a part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So we believe in God, yes, we believe in Jesus, but equally as much, you need to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're the same. There's not one without the other. It's one. And so the scripture says, hey, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, what is this power? It's, it's power to do the signs and wonders and walk in the supernatural, but it's also the power to be able to, what? Speak in another tongue, the scripture says. And so why? Because God is a speaking. He believes in the power of him speaking and us using language. Uh, I thought about prayer. Prayer is talking to God. This is a mistake we make in prayer. Uh, in our relationship with God. A lot of times we come into our relationship with God and we, we believe in praying. And so we're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray. So we're speaking, we're speaking, we're speaking. But so much of prayer is also actually about listening. Uh, you come in to say, hey, this is my prayer time and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen. I'm going to wait upon the Lord. Are you with me? Why? Because God is speaking. God is speaking. I believe God wants to speak to us so often. There's times that we miss it because you're the one doing all the talking. <laughs> It's like, oh, God's never talking to me. God's never speaking to me. And God's like, I would if you would zip it. <laughs> you might be able to hear something from me if you would. 
That's why Matthew chapter 11, verse 15 says this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to hear. Well, how could we, why would we be given this instruction to listen and understand if God wasn't still speaking? It's because he's still speaking. It didn't say he that have a mouth, let him talk. He that has an ear, let him hear. Uh, you know the old saying that God gave you two ears and one mouth because he ought to be listening twice as much as you're speaking. It's the same thing in our prayer life. It's the same thing in our quality time with God. We ought to be listening and waiting upon him as so much more than how much we're saying and requesting and, and asking of him. Amen. Uh, so there's this awesome story. In Genesis chapter 22, we won't break down the whole thing, but I'm going to give you just a picture of how God operates in this hearing and why it's important. Genesis 22, how I many you know um, Abraham has a son, Isaac, which is uh, his, his valued son, his son who he loves. He actually had a, a problem child before that, that he did out of disobedience, but this is his, this is his love son, that he, that he, uh, his beloved son, the scripture says. And so God says, hey, I'm going to need you to go up the mountain and sacrifice your son. God speaks to him, says, go up the mountain and sacrifice your son. And the beginning of the, your Bible might say this in the headline, God tested Abraham. And a lot of times we think, did he, you know, you preach it in ways God tested him, that he trusts him. God tested him. Are you faithful? Are you committed to me? But you could even say God just tested Abraham's hearing ability his ability to be undistracted, if you will. And so the scripture says, okay, go ahead, go on, go take your son. You're going to sacrifice him. So the scripture says he takes a couple servants with him. They get to the bottom of the mountain. They're getting ready to ascend the mountain and go sacrifice Isaac. And the scripture says that he tells his servants to stay down here. You're not going with me. I'm going up with my son. I need you to stay back. And here's one thing that I've learned uh, in my life of following God is the closer you get to your assignment, the smaller the crowd gets. Oftentimes, the closer you get to your assignment, the smaller the crowd gets. And what I'm saying by that is a lot of times in our lives, we think, oh, God only speaks in the big. God only speaks at the conference or he only speaks at the church service or he only speaks in these big things. But can I tell you, a lot of times it's those small, intimate times that God does his biggest moves of speaking. He finds you in that quiet place, the prayer closet. And he says, "Okay, here now I'm going to pour out my words to you. So don't let small, don't despise small and think God's not in it because it's not big. Sometimes when you're close to your call and your assignment, your grouping shrinks. And that's okay. Are you with me? Paul was alone in jail when he wrote most of the Bible. John was alone on, Pat, on the island of Patmos. Jesus was alone in the garden before the crucifixion. Remember, they wouldn't, hey, will you pray with me? And they kept falling asleep on him. Gideon was in a cave when he was, hi he was hiding. They called him a mighty man of uh, valor. David spent all that time as a shepherd in a field. I'm here to just tell you that there's times when it seems like there's no way God is speaking. There's no way God is using me. It's just me or just this little group or it's this little prayer meeting. But God is moving. It was awesome. Yesterday, we had our first Saturday morning prayer back. Okay, so coming back in the building, we're praying together. It's going to be awesome. It was the smallest group we've probably ever had. But guess what? It was the longest prayer meeting we ever had. Isn't that amazing? Because it's not by might, not by power and numbers. It's when the Spirit shows up and there's obedient hearts. Are you with me? And God moves in such incredible ways. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, man does not live on bread alone, but it lives on the preceding word of God. Preceding means the speaking, the moving, the still speaking words of God. Because why? Because God still wants to speak to us. And that's why the enemy is working so hard to distract you. Yeah. 
we're trying to make all these decisions and you're saying like, well, well, this looks good on paper and my friends think I should do this and I think I should do this. We're trying to make all these decisions. But what is God saying? What is he speaking and proceeding and saying to you? That is what needs to be hitting the mark. And so here's what's interesting. They go up the mountain. They're getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. And the scripture says God speaks again. Right before, the story tells us, right before he's about to sacrifice him, the scripture says that heaven, God speaks to him and says, Abraham, don't, don't do it. Stop, stop. Provides a ram for him uh, to, to sacrifice instead. But here's what's interesting about this. If he would have stuck with yesterday's word, he would have sacrificed his future. But he was in a place of no distraction that he could hear when God spoke. He didn't go up the mountain with his son and stuff his ears with iPods and pads and what earbuds. <laughs> I feel bad. I made fun of a pastor yesterday, and now I sound just like him. There was a pastor that was like, if you've been listening to my sermons or reading my books or listening to me on iPod, and I was like, what a dork. <laughs> it's podcast, you weirdo. And now I'm up here like doing the same thing. <laughs> anyway. All this distraction, right? We would have been binge watching something up the mountain. And we would have missed heaven saying, hold up. I made a change. Now we're going to have you go this direction. Right. Too much in church. We go, oh, well, 1979, God told me to. And you've been doing it that way since 1979. And you're so distracted and you're so stuck on it and you're so in your old. And God is trying to say, hey, I'm, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? I want to do new things in your life. Amen. I'd say it like this. You can kill your future living on yesterday's word. He would have killed the future living on yesterday's word. We need to have ears to hear. Uh, that's why we pray and we continue to pray and we pray in the spirit. Why? Because we're, we're connecting, we're communing with God. We want what God wants right now. Three habits to hearing God. Write these down. Uh, it's important for you to take notes and follow along and sink this into your heart. So three habits for us. Uh, that help us hear God. I don't think there's anybody in here right now that's like, you know what I'm good with? I'm good with, with hearing from God. I'll pass. You know, I really don't want much more hearing from God. No, we all want to continue to hear from God and have God lead us and prompt us. And so here's some habits to help us with that. Number one, we need to stop listening to what others speak over what God speaks. Stop listening to what others are saying and stick with what God is saying. How often, maybe it's happened to you, it happens to me, maybe you got up in the morning or maybe it happened in the evening or whatever, but you got, you got into a time with God and he spoke to you and he encouraged you and he, he motivated you and he built you up and he, he made things clear for you and he spoke to you and he gave you his word and you got that, but then you go out into the world or you go out into your day and then somebody else's voice starts to say something. So God told, and you're going, God, you told me this, and God spoke me, and then a friend comes along, oh, really? God told you that? Why would he have you do that? That doesn't, I don't know, I don't see that on your life. That doesn't make sense. And so we start listening to that voice, and then, and then maybe you hear something else. You, oh, God called me to do this, and then you hear an economic report, and you go, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, because this might be happening over here, and this might be happening over here, and we start to believe those reports over the voice of God. Are you with me? Yeah. We ought to be waking up and saying the only voice that matters is the voice of God, and that's what I'm going to keep and protect. Are you with me? But we, we get, you know, something happens in our life. We get a bad report. We get something frustrating happen. First thing we do is call up somebody. We don't run to God. We run to somebody to call. 
Sister Bucket Mouth, I called her in first service. And she's on there, oh, you're, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe that happened to you. Oh, my gosh, you're going to die. And then you're like, I'm going to die. <laughs> because we ran to that instead of running to God. And we do it all the time. We just pick up our phone and, and look for a carnal answer from somebody. Instead of setting our mind on the spirit and, and stepping into that spirit life in peace. Are you with me? Start believing what people are saying. Uh, and Stop believing what, what people are saying and what God is saying. Another one is social media. We think God's leading us this way and speaking to us this way and prompting us this way. Then we get online and we start reading all the other things. We start looking at everything everybody's doing. And we go, oh my gosh, well, everyone else is doing it this way and everyone else believes this way and they all think this is okay and they all think that's okay. Maybe I'm crazy if I still hold to this value of truth. Are you with me? Maybe I'm crazy that I still believe in righteousness and holiness and standing up. Are you with me? Yeah. And so we go, oh, the Facebook consensus says that I can do this and I can do that. And we start going with that instead of what God tells us to. Another hard one is the voice of our past. So God calls us, he speaks to us, he encourages us, he's prompting us, he's moving us, and then all of a sudden that voice of the past starts to trump out God's voice because you're, you're going, the voice of the past, I say, you can't do that, you always mess that up, you always fail that, you're never going to be able to, and we start listening to that over the voice of God. Yeah. We need to listen to the voice of God and defend it and protect it and run with it. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Number two is make a place to hear God and set an appointment. You got to make a place to hear God all throughout scripture. We could go through all kinds of them where they prepared a place or they set a place or they made an arrangement. Jesus went off to a solitary place or they did all of these things. Esther prepared herself this way. She went on a fast and she did all these things to prepare, prepare, prepare. Why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit meets us in our preparedness. He'll meet you if you set an appointment and you make a place. Now, I know a lot of you are like, are you kidding me? I got kids and I can't even get to the bathroom without them invading. You know, like I, I get it. And you're, you know, setting an appointment in a place is kind of hard. But listen, you do the best that you can. Take a drive, make a place, do whatever you can do. Set an appointment. Listen, we keep dumb appointments all the time. You know, we keep all these appointments. Say, well, we made an appointment to get an oil change. It's important. We better get it. Why do we keep the appointment? Because it's important. If time with God is important to you, you would set an appointment and you would keep it. We go to the dentist. We go to the Peasley chiropractor and we go there. Why? Because it's important. Or they tell me that, you know, that's like, I sit down at the Peasley brothers are here. They, they own the, the, the best chiropractic care uh, place in the world and uh, say all these amens, you know, and, and then I sit down there and I get so confused because I'm sitting down and and uh, they're adjusting you and all this stuff. And, and they like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're so messed up. And I'm like, well, what is it? And they're like, oh, we're not talking about your spine or anything. We're talking about you. Like, you're just messed up. <laughs> Half the time, I don't know if they're talking about I'm just messed up or my body. or, and, uh, But you'll love it. Try it. You should try it. It's very uplifting. That's, that's a good commercial. But if it's important... You make an appointment and you keep the appointment. We ought to be making appointments to spend time listening to God and waiting on his voice and his direction and his opinion. How, how many know that matters? We got all these opinions of all these other things. Well, we should check and see what God says about some stuff. Romans or First uh, Samuel, I'll talk about it next week. But First Samuel chapter three talks about how the word of God, the scripture says, was rare at this time. Prophets weren't prophesying and uh, when they got this word, uh, the, the Hebrew word for uh, this word was precious. 
When the word came to them, it was precious. It was something they protected. It was something that they kept and valued. I mean, something that's precious to you, something that's valuable to you, when a word comes to you, if something's valuable in your life, you know where it is, right? And you keep it and you protect it and you care for it. If God's word, God's speaking is valuable, is precious to you, then you'll care for it and keep it. Can I get an amen? amen? We don't let distraction take over. I believe that God moves in prepared atmospheres. I believe, like I said a minute ago, the Holy Spirit likes order. And so set a place, set a time. And it's all right if it's your car on the way to work. It's all right if it's the shower. It's all right, whatever it is. Mow the lawn. (laughs) But God moves in prepared atmospheres. Go on a run. Go sit in the hammock, whatever it is. But just say, God, this is a place that I prepared for you, and I'm waiting on your word. Can I get an amen? Facebook friends, give me some love on that one. Hope you're helping me preach this sermon. I get lonely up here with these people. I know, I know you people. But you even look at Jesus instructed in order. He said, hey, when feeding the thousands, he said, you put them in these kinds of groups. Let's, let's remove distraction. Let's put order to this. And then the supernatural can happen. You look at, he said, go to the upper room and wait. He gave structure to the sending of the Holy Spirit. We need to give structure to our lives so that God can move in it. Amen. Uh, so my last point, I'll close with this one, and this one's a little bit different. Uh, point number three is this. Keep a record of what God speaks. The word was precious to them. When they got a word of God, it was something they valued. If you're in a devotion or you're in a study or you see something on Facebook and it hits you in the heart, don't go, oh, well, that was kind of a nice thing. No, you screenshot that thing and you save it somewhere and you, you write it down and you keep it in a note. Uh, I was talking with Jim uh, in first service. We were talking about how sometimes uh, it's a temptation of ours and mine when we're writing what God speaks. We think we have to like get out a journal and light incense and candles and, so, and we got to like journal what the Lord is speaking to us. And and I've just grown to know if God pokes me in a way with some kind of thought, I'll screenshot it. I'll save it. I'll put just like a one one word note or I'll put just a little sentence in my phone and a little thing that I can keep a note in. Why? Because the word of God is precious. If it hit you, if it poked you, if it nudged you, then it, it means something. And so you ought to make it precious in your life. Save it. And what's been amazing to me is a lot of times when God has spoke to me or spoke to Jess and I or... spoke to this church prophetically. We've had a prophet come in and and give a word. It's amazing how sometimes you're like, I I don't know what that, I don't know what that was all about. God spoke it, but I'm going to save it and I'm going to steward it and I'm going to hold on. And all of a sudden, three years later, four years later, 10 years later, that word means something. It's still precious. And then all of a sudden it's active and it's moving in your life. Why? Because you valued you kept it in order. David gives us this awesome idea uh, in First Chronicles twenty-eight nineteen. David talks about how he kept the word of the Lord, and it helped him build the temple. It says this. He says, "All this David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me, and He enabled me to understand all the details of the plan." David's ability to walk in his purpose and accomplish the building of the temple or the, the, the putting together of the plan of the temple, his ability to be able to walk this out. I know David and the, the whole thing. His ability came from his ability to what? Recall and tap back into what God said over a course of time in his life. 
It's important. It's not like a, oh, that really, boy, I got a couple goosebumps, and then you just move on. No, God speaks to you with great intention and purpose, and we need to value that. Amen. I believe, I would say to you like this, some of my most memorable moments with God are not necessarily, because I'm a pastor, when church service is so full and it's Easter Sunday and we set record numbers and you got all this big stuff. And that stuff's great. We value that stuff. We like seeing God move among his people and change people's lives. But some of the best moments, nobody sees. It's these quiet moments where you value God's voice, where he speaks to you and he prompts you and he encourages you. And it's not shouted about and it's not celebrated and it's not made into a Facebook event pose. No, it's, it's nearness to God. That's what we love. Mark Batterson says the reason why God whispered to Elijah is because whispering requires nearness, closeness. He wanted to say, hey, I'm close to you. I'm near you. You have to be really close to hear a whisper. And that's what I love about many of these moments with God. They're incredible because they're what? They're, they're just God coming near and saying, I'm with you. And that's what he wants to do with us on a daily basis. And so next week and in the future weeks, we're going to talk about moving all these distractions so that our number one go-to is hearing from God and God leading us and prompting us. Amen.